Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Not So Native Podcast. Let me introduce your host. My name is Rob Lamb. And I'm Aaron Bailey. Kick back and let us take you on a journey as we explore some of Arizona's most fascinating people, places, and things to do. Are you ready? Are you looking to make your next vacation remarkable? Call Ted Vershuren with Cruise Planners, an American Express travel representative, 1-800-590-4108, or visit tlccruisestoreandmore.com. From cruises to land tours and complete vacation packages, when you're thinking of vacations, think Ted with Cruise Planners, where all you have to do is pack. 1-800-590-4108, or visit tlccruisestoreandmore.com. We're here with Laura Hansen. Hi. From the Saddle Mountain Brewing Company here in Goodyear, Arizona. It's a fantastic Thursday night. The place is packed. It's an amazing, amazing restaurant. Got a great menu. The place, if you want to come, is 15651. West Roosevelt Street in Goodyear, Arizona. They're open Sunday through Thursday from 11 to 10, Friday and Saturday, 11 to 11. When we get into it, we'll talk about um, some of the events that you have coming up. I know that you guys are big baseball fans. Well, we have spring training down right down the street, so yeah, baseball is a big part of our world in March. (laughs) So, Laura, how did you... I know that you and your husband are really native to Arizona. Yeah. Not far from Saddle Mountain. Not far at all. That's I lived maybe about four miles and he lived about three miles as the crow flies from the base of Saddle Mountain. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and you didn't know each other? Not much. High school a little bit, um, but I ended up working with his mother as an elementary school teacher. She was there in uh, fifth and sixth grade and I was a first grade school teacher and we became friends and then she kind of encouraged me to date her son. It's all her fault. Arranged marriage. (laughs) Yeah, no, but um, so we met kind of through her, even though he's younger than I am, so he knew who I was. I did not know who he was, but I was aware of his brother. His brother, you know, sure, was my age. Ah, there you go. Do we still say that as adult was my age? (laughs) I don't know what to say as an adult anymore, because I I don't like adulting. (laughs) It's it's uh, it can get troublesome. So tell us about how you picked Goodyear, how you got started here. I know that there's a story to that. So sure. I'd like to so hear a little well, bit basically, about that. we come from the West Valley. Jacob was in Arlington, and I came from Tonopah. Those were our prospective elementary schools. We both went to Buckeye High School. Um, then after high school, of course, in our in my mid twenties, his early twenties is when. We got together, and, and he lived in Buckeye at the time, and I lived just down the road, actually, um, uh, just past the Garden Lakes area, like mm-hmm. like 99th Avenue and Indian School Campbell area. Sure. And um, so when we got married, we lived in his home in Buckeye, and at that time, my parents, um, what back up a little bit, prior to he and I um, getting together, my parents and myself owned the general store out in the uh, Wintersburg area. So Wintersburg, not Wickenburg, but Wintersburg is just kind of in the Tonopah area, west uh-huh. of Buckeye, uh, right by Palo Verde Nuclear Plant. 
Um, okay. So my parents had bought a general store in an RV <clears> park, <throat> and I helped run it until I went off to college, and I came back during my college years on the weekends and helped my mom. They sold it along the same time Jacob and I got married. And so um, we, uh, I was teaching school at that time. I had met Evelyn at the time. We got married, and my parents ended up acquiring their portions of that business back that they had sold previously. I go ahead and stop teaching. I'm pregnant with my first child, and I help them run the general store in the RV park. Well, there was additional businesses along that strip of road that we did not own. They fell into bad times and went up for auction. So my dad and I bought them. When we bought them, I built Tin Top Bar and Grill out of the existing place that was on the corner. There was a, we opened a used car dealership and we opened a, a little beauty salon. Wow. So there were five businesses basically on this quarter mile strip of Wintersburg Road right before you get to Calabretti Nickel Plant. And it was the only real direct off the freeway route to go to work. So we had, you know, up teen thousand people going to work at 6 a.m. and leaving at 5. And that was a very cash, very good revenue base for us at the time um, and we had people during the outages that lived there and that was my husband's very first what do you want to call it exposure to owning one's own business mm. okay so prior to that he worked at Pierce Aviation he was um, kind of an apprentice to a mechanic and he loaded the planes up. It was a crop dusting company, so he was a he was a fueler. He was a, he did chems. He mixed chemicals and loaded the planes with them. And he had his private pilot's license at that time, but he had not gotten commercial or worked in the industry as a pilot. He worked as like ground crew. Um, and so when we owned all of that out there, that was his first real exposure. And I think the biggest thing he took away from it when we ended up selling everything in 2006 was how nice my parents did. You know, my dad worked at Palo Verde. He retired from APS, but, um, and, and his pension was great, and that was all fine, but they have no bills because of the sale of this town. Nice. You know, they, they retired without having to pay for a home, and they bought new houses and new cars and all of that. You know, they don't live too lavishly, but they are super comfortable and they have a nice retirement. They don't have to worry about where the money's coming from because of that. And it really stuck with my husband. Like, it sure is nice to own something that mm. you can call your own and, and if you need to, it. and you can grow it. And if you ever sell it, that, you know, about the time you're ready to retire anyhow, or you have a, you know, a legacy to leave to your children who they can then continue running it. And that helps, so we have three. Um, mm. Oldest is 18, youngest is seven. Well. So, uh, you know, if they then, develop a taste for the business then that would be something maybe they could do and we can continue was that an that inti intended pun the taste for the business oh, there you go no it is, as it you're is drinking great, the beer right it is a great <laughs> great business right when, so so when we um so when everything sold and we had a little bit of money um we needed to invest it we're not just going to let it sit in some savings account and at the time making like you know less than sure one percent of one percent what kind of time concept. frame was this about 2010 so we sold it in 2006 and carried the note on it so they were making payments to us which was awesome because that was interest all interest could a deal um but 
in 2011 they paid us off so between 2011 and when this place opened in 2014 we had to decide what to do with it and actually the decision came along kind of in 2012 early 13 and jacob wanted to um start a business correct so he, he just did yeah exactly so um with that being said when they got it all paid off we are like what are we going to do with that money hmm. and we had batted around a hundred plus ideas you know are we gonna buy and sell homes are we going to open up a grocery store are we you know what are we gonna do because honestly if anybody out there cares rv parks and car washes are the way to go i'm just letting you know. little, <laughs> little insider advice there i was actually there. thinking about a car okay. wash today <laughs> right so um so you know we go through all of those kind of things and on our way home from a family trip to branson missouri i flippantly say in that 22 hour drive well, yeah, like brewing beer, why don't we open a brewery? And I did not mean it. I had said after we after we had sold the restaurant out in Wintersburg, I was not doing that again. That It's a lot of work. Restaurants mm-hmm. are a lot of work. Yep. So um, I wasn't going to do that again. But he, it really stuck in his mind, and he really wanted to do it. So he pursued it kind of behind the scenes. Behind, not my knowledge, but just without making a big deal out of it for a little while, you know. And one day. Just trying to figure out the Well, research parts. and development and yeah, writing yeah. a business plan and kind of just seeing how the numbers work and stuff like that. And so. Because that was all relatively new to him. Was that, to him, that yeah, yes. exactly, uh-huh. exactly. So he um, does all of that kind of thing. And he finally gets to the part where he would like to look for a location. And I say, no, we're not going to do that. And he's like, yeah, we're going to do that. And, you know, he convinces me to at least go look. And he had already been looking, but and this was one of the many buildings that he looked at, and there was a big for sale sign on it, which was appealing because I didn't have to lease it. Right. You know, owning something is always better than renting it, in my opinion, or at least as a business sense, because there's more value in the, in in what you're doing. Right. And so um, he kept coming by here, and finally I kind of gave in. Our little one was like two, that's now almost eight, and. Um, I said, well, why don't we wait till he's five? Because then he'll be in school and then I can have more time here. Well, that didn't work because this place is up for sale and we find out that it's a really, really good price and um, the bank is more than happy to help us out with all the aspects. They, the one that owned it also would help us with the loan to do all of the stuff we need to do. Because this was at about the time the economy starting to kind of grow back a little kind bit. Kind of a little bit. But so the commercial market was, was still, still really sour. deflated, right. Yeah. So, um, so he's looking into it, and I, I kind of finally say, well, if you can get the bank to give you a good deal, I will give you 80% consideration of doing it. You're well, hoping and praying. Uh, yeah, it's like, well, it was a terrible deal. I don't want to do it, you know, kind of deal. So we, um, he talks to the bank, and it looks really good. And I said, you need to go to the city of Goodyear because there isn't a brewery here and see what their regulations are, you know? They're, you know, the state has certain ones, but cities have additional ones. Well, they were very unfavorable. Not Mm. that the city really meant for them to be, but they were probably archaic rules that hadn't been, you know, that had been in place for years and years and years, and current administration had no clue because no one's wanted to come open a brewery as far as we knew. Mm -hmm. So we worked with the city of Goodyear and their head of planning and zoning, his name was Steve Kretschia, and, um, And so uh, he worked with us to rewrite the guidelines, a more standard 
more in line with Arizona standards, um, the state standards, and not so. And one of the rules that was there, and they, and they did a great job. It took about nine months. Um, their lawyers got a hold of what Jacob had written and um, worked on their verbiage. And so Steve calls us in and says, come and look and make sure what the lawyers have come up with is still what you want. You know, what would be good for the city of Goodyear and for you guys. And so Jacob and I go in and we have this meeting with Steve and there's some verbiage in there that we had not been privy to prior to this meeting, which had to do with live music and the sale of alcohol for Goodyear standards, which was 500 feet from churches, schools, and residential areas. We knew Arizona was 300 feet of churches and schools and didn't mainly talk about residential areas, but Goodyear had a different criteria. And it included live music. And we're like, oh crap. We're 378 feet off of the corner of this residential area right behind us. Um, at the time, there were no houses. Now it's full, but at the time there were no houses. And we're on Google Maps, like, and you can tell it to measure. And I'm like, oh, and so we're deflated. You know, we're like, we've been waiting nine months. The bank is holding this building and we're very deflated. So Steve, in all his kindness, scratches out all the 500s and writes 300 on top of all of them in red pen and says we'll see what happens you know so he sent it to the city council and mayor lord and they voted on it and it passed so in regards to industrial areas and breweries brew pubs brew houses brew whatevers um they changed the rule to 300 feet so we could open um which was awesome right how often do you find a government entity right. that does that for you so after we open and jacob created a recipe kind of as an homage to Steve in how much we appreciated him doing that. Um, and we named it 300 foot Steve because of course he made the rule 300 feet. So, um, yeah. So with that being said, that's kind of where that came from. So we did the TIs, we did the build out. The city was great working with us and um, we opened soft open for just friends and family on the 21st of October, 2014 and then grand open on the 24th. So, three days later we grand open and that's when you guys were all here and um oh man we probably should have stayed practicing a little longer but you know that's what happens and we were packed and packed we were packed you were. and packed so you still are yeah and so well it's died off and then it has grown back up and we've got some great clientele and we've got some fantastic regulars the community is awesome they really do come in and and appreciate us so we in turn appreciate them and it's been an awful lot of fun i have some fantastic staff members and some that have been with me since before we opened mm. you know that i hired and then made them wait because our opening date kept getting pushed back and um and then we have a lot of new faces in fact one today that i haven't even met yet that's in I, there that i'm, I'm like i met I need. her very yeah. nice young lady yeah, she's brand new so i haven't met her yet um <clears throat> how involved in the day-to-day -day are you I am probably, honestly, in this building, I'm involved with the day-to-day -day a lot. That doesn't mean I'm making all those decisions. That's why we hire employees, right? And right. you hire, hopefully, good ones that are like-minded, who have your best interest, and they do the best job they can. Um, but that doesn't mean, I'm still the bookkeeper, so I'm in here dealing with numbers. I still order equipment and um, help them solve problems and if I need to you know be in interviews and all of that kind of stuff I totally am they run problems by me they run solutions by me they run um, fun things by me they run unfortunate things by me you know all of that kind of stuff so I'm definitely 
a regular park. But compared to 2014 to 2018, I am not here 80 hours a week, nice. which is awesome. Um, you know, that's, that's the whole purpose of starting a business. Right? You're an owner for a reason, you that's know, right. and, and I love right. being here, but I'm usually here in daylight hours. I still have a little one in second grade, and I cook dinner most every night, or my husband does, and, you know, we do, and I have one that just went off to NAU. She's a freshman in college, and um, but we're, we're a tight family. We enjoy each other's company, and I don't want to be here all the time, you know. Um, and I love my business, and I think the food is great, but I've eaten here every day for four years. Right. <laughs> and, and you probably have those same aspirations for your employees, not to be here every single day. I, have, and I get on their case. Like, I think my GM is here too often. Like, you need a life outside of this place. So when you come here, you don't hate it. Right, you know, right. You definitely want to be a part of it. And, and they're great. And, and I get to do fun things in the, in the brewing industry. What's fabulous about that um, is the events that come with... Like, if you just had a restaurant, there's a few things you could do. But there's a lot of things you can do with beer. There's festivals all over the state. Mm -hmm. The Arizona Craft Brewers Guild coming up into the up, hottest season of the absolutely. year. Absolutely, and so the big strong no beer festival. Big strong beer festival is every year in February. It's put on by the Brewers Guild. It is one of their biggest fundraisers, and I think it's it's topping about ten thousand attendance. You know, on and it's on a Saturday. Um, it's fun. It's an awful lot of fun. There's other festivals across the state. Some are guild affiliated, some are not. Uh, and we get kind of invited to all of them. You know, it's all for charity. There's some aspect of charity to all of them. Um, and then, of course, Luke Air Force Base is right down the road from us. And we are huge military supporters. I was so. just going to say, tell us about the theme of this place. A lot of the main beers are called Tail Dragger. Or, well, they're all or Tail Long. Dragger. Like, okay, like Samuel Adams, that's the name of the beer. Sam right. Adams has an Oktoberfest. Sam Adams has a summer sure. summer wheat or whatever they call it, you know. So Tell Dragger has, you know, a double IPA, has an amber, has all of these things. And the, and the, and we either name them or we don't. Sometimes we just call them what they are. And, um, but they're all Tell Dragger beers. Maybe should have named the company Tell Dragger Ale Works or Tell Dragger Brewing Company. But as business goes, things start in one way and it's really hard to convert them later. So. Sure. We just kind of stay status quo with that. So Saddle Mountain is its name because at the time, that's what my husband named it. And so we just went with it. We named the beer later kind of mm -hmm. deal. So, um, but I kind of lost my train of thought on that. You'll have to edit that part out. Well, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do what we can. Right. So Jacob and how, so Jacob um, has been a pilot most of his life and Thank he you. always wanted to be in the military. He always wanted to be in the Air Force. The Goodyear blimp was his first love, and then it morphed into all aviation kind of deal. Um, but unfortunately, he had an accident when he was 13 that um, a couple of his fingers got removed on, and so he was not able to go into the military, which at 13, that he already knew he wanted to be, was kind of soul-crushing, right? But he's never not been a, the most patriotic person I know, mm -hmm. um, and he loves this country, and he loves his people, and he loves our military so much so that he would do anything for them you know and so when we opened the business we made sure to pay homage to the great aviation industry and we kind of did it with Goodyear, the vintage world war ii aircraft and goodyear is known for absolutely yeah and actually when goodyear the blimp comes to town for say a ball game or the super bowl or whatever it's in town for um they usually stay right over here behind us at this hotel they all come in here. 
Jacob knows all of them. You know, we love them. They love us. He loves the blimp. Um, gets a little perks every once in a while because, you know, they're good to him. And, uh, and so we appreciate that. But he um, wanted to do that military. Couldn't. So we kind of themed everything around that vintage tail dragger aircraft, which when we first started dating, he owned a Piper Cub, which is a tail dragger fabric plane that's scary as all get out to get in but he loved it i was scared he loved it um you know so it kind of just goes with our family and and what we do and um so that's that's kind of the theme on the inside that vintage aircraft and pipe work because it's a brewery tell us about your menu well we have a standard menu that we've worked on over the course of years um because you know we are a gastropub we do have um kind of that gastro pub hopefully elevated food it's not too terribly bar foodish it's you know has a little bit of thought everything's made here we don't bring anything in that is pre-done and we're just heating it up for you everything comes from scratch in oh, the building nice. yeah and so okay I'll, I'll take the exception except the onion rings and the french fries because i personally like crispy onion rings and home cut fries it's not my thing might yeah. be yours but it's not mine so there you go but um <laughs> but uh the, the truth on the not so native podcast the truth right so um so with that we have a standard menu that we've kind of refined over the years we keep trying to lessen it because it's a lot surprisingly yeah. there's a lot of choices on that menu but because we have such great customers who some i see in here five or six days a week wow and just like me kind of get tired of the exact same food all the time and sure. nobody blames them so we keep a fresh sheet that we try to change out every so many months so we have some new items that you know so those people who are loyal to us can come and have something new and try something and we've had some great things um on that menu we've had alligator on that menu we've oh. had some you know crazy fried things we've had steaks we we know we try to cross the gamut so you got on some new bison stuff. on there now yeah we have bison's there on the main go. menu yeah but we've had other things you know we try to keep it at least a little fun and people love it mm -hmm. you know so so the beers here are they just for the restaurant do you also do distributing we okay outside? so we're a brew pub mm -hmm. and compared to like a production brewery so i have 12 beers on tap all the time eight of which you are always there so if you went clandestine our gold medal winning scottish ale it's always on tap here i am enjoying them right now as we speak there you go he is all 12 of them no <laughs> all at once they're small tasters so but um so we have eight that you can get here all the time and then four of our handles neil will produce rotational seasonals different things so we can again like the fresh sheet change it up so you can have try new things i gotta tell you when i'm drinking this name of this stout the moon landing because it's a milk stout and it's on nitro moon landing. that's right moon landing i'm not a big stout fan but that's probably the best one i've ever had oh thank I you i mean very i do much. try them yeah. right sure I, I do try them because that's what you're supposed yeah, to do people have beer taste yeah. they like but, certain things but that is probably the best milk stout what makes this one probably, different maybe well it's nitro so it's on nitro so the bubbles are really small so it has that creamy milk that creamy feel to your tongue it's not necessarily in the flavor but it's in that how it acts in your mouth it doesn't have those hard crisp carbonation bubbles so um that has something to do with it but there are several breweries across the state that definitely have nitro and stouts and porters are typically what's on nitro but you'll find sometimes that they'll do fun things too they'll put a they'll put an ipa on nitro just to do it and just and people either love it or they don't or you know 
the beer industry is very opinionated. And really? they are. And, and rightfully so. Everybody has an opinion. And, and either you love IPAs and don't like Maltese or you love Maltese and can't stand the bitterness of an IPA. Or, or you like fruit or sours or, you know. Where do you get your hops and the, the equipment? To, you know? So um, when we were opening, uh, when we were researching um, the brewery and whether we were going to open uh, just a tap room or a gastropub, like have a restaurant on it or just a production brewery, we went all over the country. And one of the places we went was in Washington State, a place called Mark's Design. And um, we really were impressed with the business plan that they had. They were a huge um, supporter of the military. They hired a large, like 85% of their workforce was military or the family of military. And so, um, that was impressive. And then um, steel was all American-made steel. They did not import anything. They tried to get every part they could for their, if they weren't manufacturing it themselves, they were bringing it in from an American manufacturer. I think out of like the whole system, there's a couple little valves that came from another country, but I mean minimal. I mean, we're talking wow. pennies of the whole of the whole thing because they just couldn't find them mm. here. Um, and it wasn't something they were able to manufacture. So, um, so when we went with them, might have been a little bit higher priced, but we were happy to pay that because look what it was doing. The trickle down of that was it was helping these military families and that's right. you know near and dear to us. So that's who we went with, Mark's Design. We've had great luck with them. They do a great job. Jacob and um, one of Mark's Design's people came. My husband, his good friend Chris, who I think was out in the restaurant just a little bit ago, um, installed it all. You know, So wow. Jacob ran this glycol line, which are these big white pipes <clears throat> that are going. That's the glycol that chills these puppies. Jacob did all that. So he had wow. to research and figure out how to do it. And it, it was awesome. I mean, it's it was a science a project. Science project, absolutely. And then we, um, hops are, you can buy hops, but not as easily as one might think. It's not like you can go to the grocery store and pick up a bag of hops. And typically, they're grown by contracts. So you have to project what you're going to need a year or two down the line wow. and then buy those contracts. So mm -hmm. you're paying for it whether you use it or not. That's what you projected you're going to buy. It's kind of like a regular old farmer contract. Right. Now you can, and yeah, and you can spot buy hops, but they're going to be more expensive. Sure. Um, you, might be lucked, you might look out if another brewery bought too much of something and they're trying to get rid of it. So you might get a good deal on some in that respect. Um, but, you know, that's it. Which also determines what you're able to brew. If you can't get a hops that you need to brew it a large batch or to keep it up with production, you know, people ask us all the time, you know, yes, we do wholesale beer. We do have restaurants in the valley who have tail dragger craft beer on a lot tap. of very and we have, you classy know, restaurants right old well. pueblo over here in litchfield park has <clears throat> 300 foot steve reds at the wigwam has 5G, which is our uh, wit beer. The ducking decanter in the Biltmore yep, area. Yeah, absolutely. Has... And we just got put on at the new, um, uh, oh, what is that? Is it Camp Town? No, what is the new big place down in Phoenix? Why is that? I'm old. I can't remember anything. Like say It'll come to or... me. No, uh, no, we just delivered to them today. It's a brand new one. If somebody walks through Angel's here. Trumpet? Oh, we're at Angel's Trumpet, yeah. Majestic Marketplace? No, that, no, we're that's not. No, that's a um, I'm trying to think of... I've lost it. I don't know. We that's just got right. a new account today and took... It's down there. It's a really neat place in downtown Phoenix. 
Um, I might have it in my phone. But we are at SIP in downtown. We're at Oso in Paradise Valley. We're at um, Rosario's over here in, in, I don't know if that's Litchfield or Goodyear. Probably Goodyear. Over there by Sprouts. Mm -hmm. um, and, in, and we're, we're on and off at several. Ballpark. We're at the Goodyear Ballpark every year, and we've been had a great partnership with Goodyear in that, so that's fantastic. And the Goodyear Ballpark is about what? Uh, about a, a mile, mile and a quarter down mile the road. And a quarter about from a mile us. And it's on this. It's on the thoroughfare that we're on, Estrella Parkway. So. Home of my favorite American League team, the Cleveland Indians. There you go. And, and the, the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Reds. Reds are also there. That's right. So we do. We already have bookings that have bought out the entire restaurant. In a more, well, we're not normally open anyhow. So they want a breakfast, and they're you know they're oh, nice. bringing a bunch of fans in and doing a big breakfast for them. So we have a really good relationship with um, Goodyear and so far the ballpark. So we hope to maintain that. We enjoy that whole crowd of people. I think that you've got a great restaurant here. I've known you since you opened. Yep. And I, I think, think we that, met uh, the no, day no, I opened. We, we <laughs> met the day you opened, and. Uh, I've been dreaming of one day being able to sit down and actually talk to you about how you did this. That's awesome. No, and, and it and it was a it was a journey for sure. And it still is a journey. If you ever stop growing, you might as well just shut the doors. You know, perceivable change all the time, making your customers happy, repeat customers are number one. So we want to do Shifting that. On the fly. I, right. I don't think any restaurant opens up and says I would sure like to make you angry. <laughs> like that is not the goal, right? <laughs> Our goal is to have happy customers. I hope you hate my beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's not something we say, right? right? You know, please tell me. And 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 you know, it's fun because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has how I could do it better, and I appreciate them. But again, I'm going to do what I need to do for my business. But you know, we hope yeah. that your your listeners come in, and and we love people. We love to hear their stories. Um, that's what this podcast is all about. Absolutely. It's absolutely. all about stories. And know that if they do come in and, and they, if they've been on a thousand brewery tours or never a brewery tour, 90% of my staff can give you a tour of do, some do, capacity. Do you do uh, regular tours of Sure, the if you want one. If you're just in there eating and you ask if there's time, and usually a manager can do it or, or they'll cover the tables for a good server that has a good spiel that comes out here and tells you about everything. If the brewer's here, he's happy to talk to you. Just Anthony, the assistant brewer, is super happy to talk to you. Management's always happy to do it. You can call. It, it's nice if there's a large group that you want to have come through. Um, Arizona Brewery Tours is owned by John, and they he calls us up and brings them in to eat lunch, and we give a big, big tour. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff to do in Arizona, especially around craft beer. Surprisingly large amounts of things to do. So. I am enjoying my journey into learning about craft beers and restaurants in Arizona, especially locally owned, locally grown businesses that have a different, for lack of a better word, a different flavor to them. A little bit, yeah. A little bit of different flavor, but a, but an awesome story, and that's what I love to hear about. Oh, thanks. So, Definitely appreciate you giving us this time today. Sure. Uh, if you are in the area of Goodyear, Arizona, again, this is Saddle Mountain Brewing at 15651 West Roosevelt Street in Goodyear, Arizona. They can be reached also on their website, saddlemountainbrewing.com. And they have their hoppy hour, hoppy hour from 3 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. 
So come down, That's grab right. a beer, grab something to eat, and enjoy your time in Goodyear, Arizona. Thank you very much, uh, Laura, for, for being here. season of the not so native podcast is brought to you by mlr professional tax and accounting service your full service tax and accounting business located at 2440 north litchfield road suite 208 goodyear arizona you can reach them at 623-505-7141 or mlrprotaxservice.com tax season is right around the corner it's never too early to talk to a tax pro Call, click, or come by 623-505-7141 or mlrprotaxservice.com. Thank you for joining us here at the Not So Native Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, notsonativepodcast.com, and leave a comment or two. Also, follow us on social media to get the latest update on our adventures. Until next time. Until next time.